listening to Breakthrough News. It's 5 p.m. You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And yes, we are back with you here on The Punch Out 2-9-2021, Tuesday. Very happy to be back with you as we always are, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on The Punch Out on Breakthrough News. Plenty for you here as we always do, including uh, U.S. unemployment remaining at catastrophic levels. We also... We'll return to Haiti, where the people are continuing to fight a dictator in a major way there. And before we get to those two important stories, we want to start with a crackdown by the Indian government on journalists, especially progressive journalists, who are speaking out against their policies. This morning, the Indian government escalated. It's crackdown on popular movements by launching a raid on the offices of the news organization NewsClick and the homes of, it, of the homes of its editor in chief and other critical staff and editors. And this came the raid that is along with the attendant police harassment. NewsClick is a popular media house, as they are known in India. It's viewed by tens of millions of people on a regular basis. Very happy to say we are friends of NewsClick here at Breakthrough News. Their work has been at the forefront of the coverage of the farmers' protest in India. Their coverage not only gave voice to the farmers' protest, but has been a key voice in challenging attempts by the government to smear the farmers and their cause. NewsClick also reports extensively on worker struggles and is home to wide-ranging investigative journalism on a range of issues, but that often connects the interest of India's most powerful corporations, its right wing government and how their two agendas, the corporations and the government that is, often merge with the results almost always being disastrous for workers, for peasants, for students, for oppressed groups, really just for huge swaths of the whole nation of India. The Modi government has been seriously wrong-footed by the farmers' protest. They've gotten wide support all across the country, quite frankly, all around the world. Many of you probably saw Rihanna. Other major figures have been speaking out on this recently. So this broader farmers' protest has not only been big in and of itself, but it's amplified many of the other criticisms of the Modi government, including... It's disastrous, disastrous non-response to COVID-19, which has led to over 150,000 deaths, over 10 million cases. It's really the U.S., India, and Brazil in a class by themselves with these just terrible, terrible and deadly responses. And of course, in addition to that, as we indicated earlier, just a panoply of policies that favor big capital over Average everyday people, anytime there's a conflict between the interest of the rich and the interest of the modest of the people, of the working classes. Anytime there's a contradiction, Modi government on top of that. All of that being amplified by this farmer's protest. Increasingly, as the domestic and international criticism is mounted, the Modi government has turned to criminalizing journalism. For instance, Paranjoy Guha Thurukta, uh, excuse me, uh, Thurkuta, excuse me for mispronouncing that there. He's an investigative journalist, a veteran investigative journalist. He actually now works at NewsClick. He was served with an arrest warrant last month 
by a court in uh, a state there in India connected to two articles he had published in 2017. So they're charging him last month for something that happened in 2017. Two articles that essentially detailed how a big conglomerate, the Adani Group in India, is evading taxes and getting all sorts of uh, goodies from the Modi government. And interestingly enough, this Adani Group is one of the main beneficiaries of the farm laws. So it's easy to see why they want to shut up one of the main journalists exposing their corruption and their coziness with the government right now, even though these articles are from 2017. Worth noting that some uh, the media houses that had put up the articles were forced to take them down due to legal action, but The Wire, another uh, media organization in India, refusing to take these articles down. But again, indicative of what we saw this morning with the raid on NewsClick. But that's not it. Uh, not really, it's more than that. As the progressive news site People's Dispatch points out, quote, Mandeep Punia, a freelance journalist writing for The Caravan, whose chief editor has been charged with sedition, sedition, was arrested on January 30th while he was reporting on the ground from Singhu on the Delhi-Harana border where hundreds of thousands of farmers have been camped in protest. Punia reported that he was tortured after being detained by the police. So those are just two instances there. There are actually several more instances of journalists being criminalized out there. And then, of course, this morning, NewsClick, one of the top progressive news organizations in the country, raided its editor-in-chief's house raided many of the top staff, their homes also raided police harassment all around. And journalists and media organizations all across India and around the world, including Breakthrough News, have been denouncing the decisions uh, of the government to, to, do, to take this action this morning, raiding NewsClick. We and others have been signing letters of solidarity. The Indian farmers have inspired the world and rightfully so. Their struggle is much better known, not just to India, but to the entire world because of the work of the News Click team. The Modi government clearly, clearly fears their independent voice on the farmers' protest, on workers' protests, and on all their malign plans. They want to silence it. Let's not let them. Go to at BT Newsroom across all your social media platforms, see our solidarity statement, share it, and raise your voice in solidarity along with ours. Well, those were the sounds of protest in Haiti yesterday as the political crisis there continues to deepen as the dictator, former president, Jovenel Moyes, has refused to step down at the end of his term on Sunday. Yesterday afternoon into today, Moyes has deployed heavily armed security forces in attempts to crack down on protests using tear gas, batons, and live bullets. Two journalists were actually shot at point-blank range yesterday. They both have survived so far. Thankfully, one, however, remains in critical condition. Now, Moyes has banned all demonstrations, hence the crackdown. They've made all demonstrations illegal. He's dissolved the Supreme Court, and he's using the military to back up his rule. The United States, the main financial backer of Haiti, is supporting Moyes' power grab wholeheartedly. They are endorsing his illegal interpretation 
of election law in the Haitian constitution that he is using to cling to power. So the U.S. supporting him 100%, despite the fact that protesters are being shot at and shot down and journalists with live rounds. The dispute on the issue of Moyes being in power is really related to when he actually took office in the wake of fraudulent elections in 2015. There was then briefly an interim government before before Moyes himself was sworn in in 2017. But regardless of the specifics of this dispute, it's been clear for some time now that Moyes has very little support within the country. In fact, he's already been ruling by decree for a year, so just doing whatever he wants is what that basically means, and is currently planning a clearly staged electoral process for the fall that would also attempt to establish a new constitution so that they would have a legislature and a constitution that would essentially be loyal to his party and allow Moyes and his minions to continue to rule in the face of massive opposition all over the country. And in fact, this dictatorship has been under serious fire since 2018, when mass protests erupted over Moyes and company looting billions of dollars in development aid that came from Venezuela. Since then, Moyes has been hanging on by a thread, barely able to execute many government functions at all in the face of this mass opposition, including a general strike last week. Many opposition forces have united behind a transitional government that's made up of members of the judiciary that's standing on strong constitutional ground as the true government, but clearly Moyes is set to try to remain in power at all costs with backing from the U.S., who appreciates Moyes because he's been supporting their anti-Venezuela agenda throughout the Trump administration, and of course he is continuing pro-exploitation economic policies that hurt the Haitian people but help line the pockets of the Haitian elite and many American corporate heads. There is no sign, however, of the mass struggle abating, people continuing to go out on the streets to at great, great risk, including to their own lives. So we expect in the coming days there will be more protests in Haiti, more repression in Haiti, but it seems very clear that the broad majority of people in the island nation want to see the former president, now dictator, Jovenel Moyes, ousted. <laughs> Well, naturally, we are all looking for bright spots in the social and the economic crisis that has swept this nation since the pandemic began last year. We're coming up not that far away from a year since now. Nothing wrong with looking for bright spots. A number of people have taken hope in the revised January jobs report that states the U.S. gained 49,000 jobs after losing 270,000 in December. Limited for sure, but, you know, with everything going on, hopeful, right? Well, sadly, not really. The U.S. still has 9.9 million fewer jobs than it had in February of 2020. So basically, we are still 10 million jobs in the hole from where we were this time last year. Analysts at the Economic Policy Institute did some modeling on what reasonable expectations may have been, a counterfactual, if you will, reasonable expectations of how many jobs would have been created last year had the pandemic not hit. And they reckon that if you take that into account, we're really about 12 million jobs in the hole in reality. So you can see how far away we are in the depth of the economic pain in this country. And when you take into account the official unemployment rate, plus those that they leave out, and those who were forced to take a pay cut due to no fault of their own, added up to 25 million workers, just about. A little bit over that. So in other words, 15% of the U.S. labor force either lost a job, remained without a job, or took a pay cut in January. 
No wonder 40% of children are living in households experiencing hunger and or struggling to pay their expenses. And or 40% of children either don't know where their next meal is going to come from from week to week or aren't 100% sure if the lights will be on if they even have a place to live. 40% of children. Yet as this devastation remains so great, Congress is, believe it or not, still debating a relief bill that they could have passed more or less on day one, but they're doing this absurd back and forth, all related to fake bipartisanship between Democrats and Republicans, between moderate Democrats and progressive Democrats. No one in the leadership of the Democratic Party using any of their leverage to push this through. Some people are saying it could take until mid-March for the reconciliation bill to pass. Most experts say it's already below where we need to be. It's 1.9 trillion. You may need as much as 4 trillion to really make a huge impact here. But even the what it will do has been delayed for weeks despite this um, just massive crisis. It's almost as if there is no emergency when you look at what's going on in Congress. I mean, <laughs> what else can you say? It's shameful, really. That's the punch out for today. We're with you Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. here in New York East Coast Standard Time, 2 p.m. in Los Angeles Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. GMT. And of course, you can support everything we do here at Breakthrough News at patreon.com slash breakthrough news. It's your patronage that keeps all of our offerings here at Breakthrough News moving forward. And of course, you can check us out across all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BT Newsroom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.